we sing this song, Standing on the Promises of God, and, and uh, the truth is, is we have a lot to stand on as believers that uh, is amazing. We have a, a wonderful, amazing, loving God, and we have a, a, a true Word of God to stand on, and, and it's amazing. It, it gives us significance and meanings uh, to know that God loves us beyond what we can even imagine, and He has our best in mind, and, and He's given us purpose, and and meaning and direction and he's given each of us a unique call in life but not just to to steady us in the storms of life uh, and the ups and downs of life but to be a foundation to build on that we can live life God's way and to, to steady us and to, to, to deploy from and to live that way you know what a waste it would be and how irresponsible it would be to invest all the money and the energy and the time to build a great foundation and never use it. I don't know if many of you saw a number of years ago uh, the housing track next door. They started that track. Remember that? And it was just foundations for a long time. Some were half built. Some had just a few walls. And, and we were all shaking our heads going, what in the world's going on? It seemed foolish because it is to have a, to spend all that money and energy to, to level the land and lay the foundations and yet never build on it. Finally, someone with some wisdom and I guess some cash uh, built and, there, and there's wonderful homes there, you know, but how foolish it would be to leave that for so long and, you know, it would be like a, a couple that just got married and, and yet never left the party, you know, uh, and they just stayed there or they went to their separate homes. That would be foolish, wouldn't it? <laughs> You know, I, I, many of you know that this past Saturday, uh, uh, Jericho and Jessica got married, and they're here, this young couple. Um, but it was a, it was a, it was a beautiful ceremony. And those of you who were able to come, it was a great time. Wonderful uh, uh, attendance that were there. It was just a, a beautiful, a worshipful time, and an encouraging time to uh, to go through. And and they, uh, as they, uh, yeah, there. That was fun. Go ahead and show the next slide. There it is. That's uh, uh, Jericho's dad, Rico uh, Almarenez, and I, he's a pastor of a Filipino church, and we both did the wedding, and it was just a complete blast to do it together and have all kinds of different traditions in that. And that, go ahead and go to the next slide. I'll just show that. And they did this thing called Unity. They didn't have Unity Candle or Unity Sand. They had Unity Honey because it was on a, on a bee farm. And then, go ahead. That's the next one. And then Christy and I kissing her. Doesn't she just drop dead gorgeous? And Jessica, too. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm a smart man. <laughs> and uh, and then they made their grand exit, which was really a lot of fun. Go ahead and go show the next slide there. Uh, sparklers, and then in the next one. Go ahead and, and the next one. And they went off in the car. And as they left in the car, they drove off. I I don't know if you ever saw my big fat Greek wedding. I yelled out, why you leave me? <laughs> but you know, one thing about, the, um, about this that no one ever told me, uh, no one ever told me how hard it would be to let go. And you know, how sad would it be, uh, as, as Jessica and Jericho, if they, they weren't to head off to deploy the marriage like they're supposed to be. You know, as parents, it's, it's hard to let go. I mean, I, every day I'm, you know, it's like my heart rips out when I walk by her empty room. And yet, but I can't hold on to her because that wasn't the deal that God made. He said, I'm going to hand you this wonderful bundle of joy and love her with all of your heart and, and then hand her over to, to some guy. 
But a one, uh, what a wonderful man, you know. <clears throat> I, I do got to tell you this story that, that, uh, that uh, a long time ago, somebody said, what's it like to hand over a daughter for marriage? And they said, it's like taking a, a beautiful violin, you know, maybe a Stradivarius that's a rare violin, and taking that violin and handing it to a gorilla. <clears throat> but it... it but the whole design of, 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 of us having our kids as parents is to let them go, you know, and they're to leave and cleave to their, to their husband, to their wife. And, and that's what God designed for them to do. They, God designed them to leave. And our job as parents uh, is to, to love them and to prepare them to go so they can, they can live anew. They can live this wonderful married life of... of uh, and enjoy that because that's their design to, to deploy into marriage and to head out and, and that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, how unfortunate if all these people that we've commissioned over this uh, pre-summer time, you know, many of them been up on this stage and whether it have been individuals or, or, or groups of people, we, how unfortunate if we commissioned them to do ministry and they never really left. They never did anything. They never deployed to their mission that God had called them on. And I don't know about you, but I'd be uh, a little upset because of, of the money and the prayers that were invested for them to be used went unused. Uh, they could have made an eternal difference. They could have had a great impact for the Lord on, on different other people's lives. They, they could have made a difference, even in their own life, missing out on that opportunity if they wouldn't have gone how sad would it be really how devastating it would be if they would have never left or never deployed and, and as pastor justin talked last week um, we have been appointed we have been called on a mission a mission to step out on and and so we are to reach deep and deploy to move out to get out there and to live god's unique call on our lives the question comes how do we do that well, in Luke chapter 24, verses 50 to 53, we find four challenges to reach deep and deploy. Challenges each one of us uh, can respond to and, and make this next year even greater than what we heard just a little while ago. So if you wouldn't mind standing one more time with me. And let's pray as we just launch into this very brief study of this last chapter, last few verses of Luke. Father, thank you for bringing us all here. How fun it is to see both services together and just the, the wonderful vibrancy of all being in one room at one time. And, and Lord, you have called this church many years ago to make an impact in our world and in our community, and, and we're seeing that happen. But Lord, we know you have more for us to do. And so, Lord, I pray that as we spend time in this few verses, Lord, that you would challenge us deeply, Lord, that we would move out of here challenged and motivated to live as you had designed us to live, to make an impact in our world, to make a difference, to deploy to our unique call that you've given each one of us. Thank you, Father. Teach us this time, we pray in your son's name. Amen. You may have a seat. I encourage you to take out your, uh, your worship folder that you were given. As you came in there, there's a uh, place to jot down some uh, notes for an outline. There's actually blanks there to fill in. Those answers will be on the screen. I encourage you to do that. Write out some verses that we mentioned, and we'll go as we go through these four challenges to reach deep and deploy. The first challenge is to be responsive to Jesus' lead. Take your Bible. By the way, if you don't have a Bible with you, uh, the ushers have them. They're coming down the aisle. Just wave at them. It's always good to 
have a Bible in your hand and kind of get used to knowing where stuff is and you can look through all the different verses and, and find that. But we'll be looking in Luke chapter 24. Um, we'll looking at the last verses there, verses 50 to 53. So take a look and open up Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's in the New Testament. And this is what it says in verse 50 of chapter 24. Then he, that's Jesus, led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them, was taken up into the heavens, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and stayed continually at the temple praising God. Now what's happening here is that Jesus has, uh, has paid the penalty for our sin on the cross. He was brutally beaten and, and hung on a cross to die. He breathed his last, and he was buried. He was in that tomb, and on the third day, they went to anoint him or, or, or just stand by the grave, and it was open, and Mary and some others were there, and, and he was resurrected. And people began to see him all over the place. Well, Luke records a couple on the road to Emmaus seeing him, and then all of a sudden, there he is in the upper room with all the disciples. They are completely amazed, and Jesus begins to teach them all about things. In verse 44, he said to them, Jesus... This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. It began to open up to them and help them understand that all through the Bible it taught that man it was sinful and needed a Savior and it's Jesus. It's Messiah and he's it. And then it says in verse uh, 45, it says, or excuse me, verse, yeah, verse 45, he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He helped them understand mentally what was going on so they would get it. And he led them not only uh, physically out, but he also led them intellectually. Verse 50, it says, When he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, and the people followed him. They followed him both physically, and they followed him both in understanding. And if we're going to seek to live life God's way, to get about God's unique call in our lives, then we have to be willing to follow Jesus to follow Jesus and do what he did and in mind and in heart. You see, Jesus uh, had a heart for people. He cared about the rich and the poor. He cared about the normal and the awkward person sitting next to you. From the sincerely religious person to the one so deep in sin they could not see their way out. But Jesus could see their way out. And through his mercy and kindness... He was there, and we're to be like him. You know, Jesus stopped for children. He talked to people. He was not so stressed out that he didn't have time for people. And he taught them. He taught them the, the, the word of God, and he taught them about God's way of life. And through the example of his life, he showed them how to live. And that's what Jesus is leading us to. Not to huddle uh, in our safe little Christian cliques and corners and churches, but to actually get out and to be Christ in the world, to share his love and his kindness and his mercy all over the place, to be spread out like, like light, lighting up a whole room, it needs to be spread out. Jesus never intended us to huddle in little cliques. Sure, yes, for Bible study and training and, 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 and fellowship, but yet to get out there. That's why Jesus led out in prayer in John 17, 15. He said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You see, we are to be deployed 
to help and to love this world, to love our neighbors. A young man was uh, seeking to uh, understand or maybe just questioning Jesus to try to trap him. But either way, he asked the question, what's the most important things in life that I should do? And in Luke chapter 10, Jesus says, well, what does the, the, the scripture say? And the young man said, well, I'm supposed to love God and love others. And Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Well, the young man trying to either trap Jesus again or, or figure it out more said, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus went on into an interesting story. And this is the story of the what? The Good Samaritan. Now, I'm going to spend a couple of weeks this summer uh, unpacking that. But, but the, the essence of that is that story is this man's beaten, laid on the side of the road. The religious people didn't stop to help him, but they just walked on the other side. But here comes this, this low life of a person who has no meaning and significance in life at all. And yet he comes and he helps this person. He was a Samaritan. That's why he's called good. Because he actually did something good. He helped out. So who is our neighbor are those in need. That means we need to have eyes to see who is in need. That means that we need to get out in the community to actually get to know our neighbors' names. Can you name your neighbors' names? Some of us are so busy, we drive into our house, quit, try to get a few hours of sleep and get out to work, and we're never around. Some of us don't even know the people that we work with. And yet God has called us to know people around us, to be an influence around there, to actually get out and to, uh, to spend time with them and to follow Jesus' lead and be deployed, to live out our faith and actually do something. Jesus said in John fourteen twelve, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. That means that we're supposed to do what Jesus did. And, he, and Jesus goes on, he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father, but we're staying here. And as we have the, the however many years God gives us in life, we're to use those to, to make a difference in our world, to get out, to, to get to know people and to meet needs and to help out where we can. Yes, keep a balanced life, but yet get out there and be involved. We can have an impact if we just deploy. So we need to get out there and serve. That's why uh, uh, George and, and Lynn Pardon, where are you guys? They're right down here. They've been coordinating uh, our church to help us volunteer in the community. And actually, there's two opportunities coming up. One July 4th and July 23rd. Is that right? Uh, great opportunities for us to just spend a couple of hours just loving our, on our community. Just being there. It's just a couple of hours. Uh, there ought to be, uh, we ought to be lined up and have it to be turned away by the time of, of signing up. So they will be out in the lobby, right? So go fill up the sign-up list. It's going to be a great time. If you're in town, just take an hour or two and, and go and be involved in that, and it will bless this community's socks off. They will see Christian people hanging out and helping out. Do you know that we have, unfortunately, we have a bad name in our world. People think all we are is out for ourselves. All we are is huddle in this wonderful church and do nothing. And that's just simply not true. It's not true of this church. If you've, if you've read the event, the front page, a little pride here, we're on the front page of serving in our community. There's also a, a thing about Takeshi in there, of him going to Japan. Actually, that's where Takeshi and Dory are right now. They're in Japan encouraging some of the pastors that are there. But God's called us to, to follow Christ's lead. He was out in the community. He was there every day. 
teaching in the temples and also just walking along the road helping people. And we should be doing the same. We need to respond to Jesus' lead and deploy and make an impact. And what an even greater difference we can make in our church this next year if we do so. So where, where is Jesus leading you? And are you willing to follow? Then go. That's what you were designed for. The next challenge to reach deep and deploy is to be inspired by affirmation, by the affirmation. Uh, look again at, at Luke 24, verses now 50 to 51. When he, Jesus, had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he was lifted up, as, as we read before. The word blessed means to give praise or to seek well of or to honor. Jesus was affirming them and encouraging them, letting them know that they can helping them to see and believe in their God-given potential, that they can have an influence. You know, half the battle in our, in our life is for us to realize that we can. God has chosen you. Out of all the people in the world, He's chosen you. He's given you abilities, and He's given you talents. He's given you 24 hours a day, just like everybody else. And he wants us to manage that well, to be a good steward of our time and the abilities he's given us to have an influence. He's given us gifts, and he's given us power, and he's given us a title. We are a, a royal priesthood. And he's called us to make a difference, to make an eternal difference, to have a great impact. You can be used by God to change the population of heaven. Isn't that an amazing thing? if we would just deploy, if we would just get out there. Be inspired by that. The God of the universe wants to use you. Not just the person next to you, but you. And he believes in you. And he knows that you can. He knows you can. You can make an incredible difference. Believe in what Jesus has affirmed in you. I don't know all of what Jesus said to those people in that day, but whatever he said <laughs> inspired them to get out there and reflect God's image, that image of love and grace and joy and mercy and kindness and faithfulness and, all, and so much more. They shared with people the life-giving, life-changing message of Jesus, that message that, that brings love and newness of life and, and peace and purpose and security and salvation. And, and I know the majority of you have come to that place in your life where you believe where you know you're sinful, you know you need a Savior, and you believe it's Jesus, and you're seeking to live life His way. If you haven't yet made that decision, I encourage you, investigate Jesus. Come talk to me afterwards, or one of the pastors, or, or maybe someone who has shared today, and, and ask them how they can know Jesus personally. This message of salvation can change you. I know it's changed me. And God wants each of us to be an influence wherever we are. We can do this. We've been affirmed. We need to believe it because it's true. So let's deploy. Let's, let's make a, an even greater impact this next year as we launch out to do and live out what God wants us to do this year. Be inspired because Jesus believes in you. He really does. Will you believe it? Are you willing to let the affirmations of the Lord Almighty move you? Then go.
The next challenge to reach deep and deploy is to be motivated by the call. Now, though we don't know all of what Jesus said up there uh, in Bethany and the outskirts there, we do know that one of the things he said, and it's found in Matthew. Turn over to Matthew, uh, the last part of the book of Matthew, Matthew 28. Verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had led them to go. And he said to them, and he, or they saw him and they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority of heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In here, if you have your own Bible, or even if you want to, you ought to borrow one, underline the word go. Uh, that's a command. It's written in the command form. It's, and it's not just a, a simple command, okay, go. Uh, there's an emphasis on there to, almost like a, a, a drill sergeant were to grab a private and say, you're not there. <laughs> you know, and it's, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a command to move forth with urgency. And it also means, the word go means as you go in life. So as you go in life, we are to make disciples. That, that's our call. And Jesus gave those marching orders. It's to be intentional in relationships and intentional in our life. You see, there's a reason we exist. God has a purpose for us. God has a, a call on our life. Write down uh, and look it up later. Uh, we've, we've talked about this before. Acts chapter 17 verses 26 to 27 in there. Uh, the Apostle Paul is giving a, a sermon, and in that he says, God, uh, the sovereign God, knows exactly where people will live, and he actually has placed them there. And the reason he's placed them there is because he wants them to have an influence wherever they are and for them to be influenced wherever they are. In other words, that God placed you where you are so that you would hear the gospel. He had me move down to, to San Diego to live in this crazy apartment building so that I would live next door to this guy named Jeff who would eventually lead me to the Lord. Because he wanted me to have an influence, or me to be, to, be, to be influenced. And then for me also to have an influence. As we shared with other guys in the, in the apartment complex. See, God has you strategically placed where you are. You're in the, the neighborhood you are in, the family you're in, the job that you're in, the school that you're almost out of or, or been out of. He's placed you there so that you would be an influence. That is our, our call, to be an influence wherever we are. We are to live and to show Jesus. And when the time is right, to share the plan of salvation. You know, when I lived in that apartment complex and, and I lived next to Jeff, I just spent time hanging out with him. We played together and did fun things as junior high kids would do together. And I just watched his life. And then, then he brought me to church. And then I learned that what was different about him is he had something to do with religion. And then one night he shared the plan of salvation with me. Went through the four spiritual laws with me and showed me that, that God loved me and had a plan for my life. And that but yet sin was holding me back and I needed a savior. And it was Jesus. And I gladly received the Lord. Because if Jeff, it made that much difference in Jeff's life, it's going to make that much difference in my life. And God wants to use you just like he used Jeff in my life. To live out God's uh, attributes of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. To live those all out, those aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. 
so that we would be an influence. And when the time comes to be able to share the plan of salvation so that they know how to receive the Lord. God has placed each of us where we are so that we would be that influence through living out those Christian values. Sure, life is busy. And yet as we live and as we go, we are to be motivated by this call and be an influence. Are you willing? Then go. Be intentional and deploy. It will make an impact. What if each one of us just picked one neighbor that we live around, got to know their name, got to care for them and love on them, and, and just as, as God opened up the opportunity to share them, bring them to church or to share Christ with them, whatever, and, and what an impact that would make. What an amazing impact that would make if we would respond and be motivated by that call. Would you do that? God could use you to change the, the landscape of heaven. <laughs> One more challenge to, be, to reach deep and deploy, to be discerning with attention. There's another place that Luke records this account as he led them out to Bethany. It's found in Acts chapter 1. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse uh, 9. Talking about Jesus here. After he said this, he was taken up before them. Their, their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky and as he was going. And then suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why are you standing looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. An incredible scene. Uh, uh, th th this word, uh, looking or, or to look, uh, means to give significant attention to. The disciples were, I, I'm sure you would be too, I know I would be, be amazed at Jesus kind of levitating up, thought, whoa, <laughs> that's kind of an incredible thing happening right there. But these two angels had to come and to help them refocus their attention. For it was inappropriate for them just to stand there staring into space, to be mesmerized, to be numbed to everything else. Because they had a call. They had a mission. They had things that the Lord had told them to do. Sure, this was amazing, but it was long enough. So these two angels appeared and questioned their attentions, basically saying, okay, okay, it's enough, guys. Now get on. Be deployed to the call that Jesus called you on. Uh, get on the mission that he's called you on. Because, you see, it's all too easy to give significant attention to so many other things, like the numbing effects of life around us stress and everything happening so fast, graduations, weddings, tragedies, sudden changes, job losses, marriages, accidents, issues, sickness, death, and, there, and then there's also the numbing effect of just normal life, busyness, work, school, play, relationships, activities, family, other issues, and our attention can be affixed on everything but God's purposes, God's vision, God's values, God's mission in our life. Yes, we need to heal when we go through difficult times. But we need to get on with God's unique call on our life. You see, this idea of serving God and being deployed is not an add-on to life. It's a focused attention that should shape our lives. Like an athlete or, or a soldier, their focused attention is on their 
their life. Their life is their sport. Their life is their, their assignment. And that should be the same way for us. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom, meaning him on the throne. If you think of a kingdom, it's all about the king. His purposes, his visions, his values, everything about him. You live for him, not for self. So as we think about moving out and, 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 and living God's unique call for our life, and we need to reach deep and deploy because it's, it's God's purposes that we should be about. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all the things of life that we worry about will be put in their proper place. You know, I, I, I could go around and I could spend all morning just talking about people who have really sought God's purposes even through the midst of difficult times. I think of the, the painters through the difficulty of their daughter and, and yet God has it's been tough and they've had a good time of healing and are still healing but yet they're still on bent on God's purposes and started being involved in a grief camp and seeing people helped in this world and I, and I think of, uh, of Dave Austin who just God gave him a vision <laughs> and, and he was obedient to that vision and still is today as he's using the holy grill uh, to share the love of Christ and to be uh, a help into our community and and they feed thousands, right, Dave? Thousands of, of people in, in the kindness of God. And people keep sending letters and appreciation. And um, get, they've given him awards in different other cities and, and that. But he gives all praise and glory to God because he's following him. And I think, I think of George and Lynn Pardon who just sense that the importance of us being in the community. And so they, they're active in the community. They, they volunteer and they help out personally. They don't just organize us to do that. They volunteer personally and give and, and help out because they want to be a presence, a godly presence in this community. And I, and I go on and down the list. There's been others. Uh, I, I, you know, I think of the Rosenthal's and the Huckels who have felt of God. They, 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 were, they were to adopt kids and, and they've had an influence and, and saved kids' lives, literally. Because their, their focus and their attention is on doing what God would want. You see, there's, a, there's this tremendous pull we have in our world today to either listen to self and, and what we want and what, what's going to be best for us in life or to listen to what God has for us. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week, but it, it, we have to be discerning in our attention and put our attention on what, what God wants and to constantly be asking ourselves the question, is this what God wants? We need to be cautious because it's so easy to, to be busy for busyness sake. Uh, you write down Luke chapter 11, verses 38 to 42. You know the story. It's the story of Mary and Martha. It's Luke 11, verses 38 to 42. Uh, Mary and Martha, and Martha was so busy about the, the things and the, and the details around Jesus, she, she forgot to really listen to Jesus. Mary was listening to Jesus. We need to be like Mary. Sure, we need to be active. We need to listen to Jesus. That's why we need Sabbath time. That's why we need times to set aside and just you know, unplug for a little bit and let our mind go and ask the question, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And actually to really to listen to him and to pay attention to him, to fix our gaze, our attention on Jesus, to listen to his words, to be guided by him and to deploy. Are you refocusing? Are you willing to refocus your attention onto Christ? Then do it. You know, God has and, and has continued has continued to do so to build a, a wonderful church here at Cypress Church. 
And there is many great things that we praise God that He has done. Wonderful things. Amazing things. But there's still more to do. And God wants to use each one of us. So let's get out there and, and make an even greater impact. Let's live out God's unique call on, on us as a church and as us individually. And be deployed as we take up the challenge to be responsive to Jesus' lead. To be inspired by the affirmation of Christ. By, to be motivated by His call and to be discerning with attention towards Him. Are you willing? Are you willing?